Hello, everyone. So today's Bible reading is from two passages. The first passage is Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So the second reading comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 34. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. Thanks, Geraldine. This afternoon we have our members meeting at uh, 1.30, so I encourage, if you're a member of our church particularly, if you could come for that. We need 25% for our quorum for the reappointment of Tom Chow to being uh, on their pastoral team. We're also looking to um, agree to elect or appoint Liana McCullough as our children's director. She's the acting children's director, but the members have to reaffirm or affirm that decision. And we're looking, very importantly, to accept our budget, our operating expenses for this coming year. So it's a very important meeting for that end, and so if you can come, please do so. And if you can't come, please pray and ask to be forgiven for not being here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. <clears throat> Easy, Lord, to read. Hard to do. We pray that you might help us and clarify our understanding of this, that we are clear in knowing what is required of us. And then, Lord, also, could you assist us and empower us to be obedient to it. We want to please you, we want to follow the Lord Jesus, and we want to be fully obedient to him. To that end, we pray and ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. The priest was giving his homily, and during the homily, he was preaching on this passage, Jesus' command to love your enemies. Now, the priest said, I'll bet that many of us feel as if our, we have many enemies in our lives. And so he says to the congregation, please raise your hand if you feel that you have many enemies. He looked out amongst the congregation, a lot of hands went up. It's okay, thank you, hands down. Then he says, okay, what about <clears throat> some of you, many of you may not have many enemies, but you've got a few enemies. Who's got a few enemies? Hands went up. Hands down. Who's only got one or two enemies? Hands went up. Said, see? We all have enemies of one sort or another. Is there anybody here who doesn't have any enemies? And he looks, 
There's no hands, except way at the back. There was one older gentleman raised his hand, and he was surprised. He says, my goodness, we have someone. So, you know, please stand, come forward. It's remarkable. You must live a remarkable Christian life that you have no enemies. Comes to the stage. How old are you? He says, I'm 98. How is it that you have no enemies? Because all the so-and-sos have died. <laughs> he doesn't say so-and-sos, but I thought I'd soften the blow a little bit. We all have enemies. We're going to talk about that this morning. Most of us go through life, better or worse, no matter how hard we try, you're going to upset somebody. I mean, look at me. I am a classic example. So lovable, so likable, and yet there are people who don't like me. I am shocked, as I'm sure you are. Unless, of course, you're one of <laughs> Some people seem, they just don't like us. It doesn't matter what you do. They could be angry about the way you speak. They could be offended by something, something you've done. You've apologized and they haven't accepted whatever. They're jealous of us. Some people just hold a grudge. Some people don't like the way you walk. Some people don't like the way you talk. Some people don't like the way you look. Some people don't like you because you do a better job than they do. Some people don't like you because other people like you. Because you're popular, then I don't like you. There are people like that. There are people who God's placed in churches, they think that I'm here to correct you. I'm not here to encourage you. Well, you probably know all sorts of people like that. Doesn't matter who you are, you've upset somebody and we all have enemies. And I want you to think this morning, we'll define what an enemy is in a, in a moment, but I want you to start thinking about, you got some enemies? And I'm, don't look at them, I just want you to think about <laughs> that. <clears throat> The interesting thing in this passage too is that Jesus makes an assumption. He assumes that his followers will have enemies. He's assuming that. And even in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, repeated in Luke 6, but in Matthew 5 he ends that by saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely, uh, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. From the same way, that's how they treated the prophets. Jesus just expects it. If you follow him and are obedient to him, if you live righteously in this fallen evil world, you're going to be different. You're going to be opposed by people. There'll be people who don't like you because you're religious or because you're a Christian, because you follow Jesus. Peter even refers to the fact it's not good for us to have enemies because of our obnoxious, you know, obstinate, narrow-minded behaviour. That's, that's, if we're like that, then... You've got to deal with the behaviour. But if we live obediently and righteously, then you're going to be opposed. So what is an enemy? You have to be careful in defining these terms because when Jesus says, you have to love your neighbour as yourself, you have to love one another, you have to love your enemies, some of us want to define enemies so narrowly that they're the people who want to kill us. So you just, Jesus said, I have to love them. But the people who don't like me, I don't have to love them. They're not my enemies. They're just the ones, you understand what I'm saying? So what does it mean when Jesus says, love your enemies? This is my list. See if you agree. It's somebody who dislikes you or seeks to harm you, ultimately to kill you. 
If they had their wish, they would kill you. They'd wish you were gone in whatever way that means. We certainly use this word enemy when it comes to nations. Nations can be at war with each other. They're enemies. Gangs can be at war. Terrorists can be our enemies. Then, of course, we use the word in terms of political enemies or business enemies, but it's not quite what... They're more like rivals or competitors, isn't it? We're not talking about those. We're talking about people who cause us trouble, people who intend to hurt us, people who have wronged us in some way. They attack us. They either undermine or slander. They speak bad things about us. They've uh, wronged us, perhaps, in some way. As I said, they attack us. They're unfriendly towards us. They just don't like you. They might oppose you or they're against you, whether it's because of your ideas, your values, or your beliefs. <clears throat> Jesus said, or meant, people who despitefully use you, don't appreciate you, don't like you, and want to harm you. Clear? Got a list? <laughs> the world says we should love those who love us. We should hate those who hate us. That's what the world says. Jesus says, we're to love those who love us and we're to love those who hate us. We're to love them. Didn't say like them, said love them. And the word he uses, you'll know, it's agape. That's the ultimate highest form of love. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling deep felt in your heart. It's a love that chooses to do something for that person, even though they are your enemy. They don't like you, but you behave in a way which is gracious towards them. Now, it doesn't mean you have to, you have to be sincere in doing that, but it doesn't mean that you will feel like you like them. But you are choosing to do that which is the right thing to do. Um, that we are representing God's grace. As we have received God's grace, so we are to pass it on to others. As I said, Jesus did not say that we have to like our enemies, but once you start behaving in ways which are agape love towards other people, you will find your feelings being transformed, changing. You will no longer, over a process of time, you will no longer continue to feel that way towards that person. There'll be a change in you. There are people who are hard to like. Agreed? Sorry? <laughs> They're hard to like because of what they say. You just cringe. Or it's what they say about you or maybe even others. It's how they say it. Some people can say their opinions, but they say it in such... It could be arrogant, it could be obstinate, it could be just nasty. We don't like that. Could be in what they do, could be in what they don't do. They may not greet you, as Jesus refers to in this passage. They may not say hello. It's in their attitude. But Jesus says that what we are to do is to love them. Easier said than done. So how? Let's clearly understand what Jesus is asking us to do. To love them means that we care for them practically. I'll give you an example of this, a very personal example from out of this church in a moment. We are to act for their good Consider them to be kind, to be patient, to be gracious. Not to reciprocate in kind is the point. Oops. If they're nasty to us, don't reciprocate. Don't be nasty back. If they ignore you, don't you ignore them. Always 
initiate and be the person, the follower of Jesus that you were called to be. So I do encourage you, think about some people who fit that category for you. Make a list in your own mind. <clears throat> Don't name them. And this is what Jesus wants you to do for them or for that person. It could be a neighbour, it could be a work colleague, it could be somebody in the church, it could be somebody in your family. Jesus wants you to bless them, pray for them, greet them, help them, and to fulfil the golden rule for them. Do unto them as you would have them do unto you. We'll come back and go through those in a second. But if you want a good definition of love, it's in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And if you took that chapter when you go home and just read it through, then you'll find that love is patient. Be patient with your enemies, with these people that you probably don't like, and, but they don't like you for whatever reason. This agape love is kind and helpful. This agape love does not take into account a wrong suffered. That's a big one. It even does not keep a record of wrongs. Agape love bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Continue to act in a loving way. The Apostle John, the old legend, is told that when he was old in his elder latter years was too weak to walk so they carried him on a stretcher to the assembly of God's people on a Sunday morning and he would hop up on one elbow and he would simply say what? Brothers and sisters love one another that's it brothers and sisters love one another the disciples grew weary apparently of this all the time and finally they asked him why do you keep saying that over and over and over? To which he says, because it's the commandment of the Lord Jesus. And if we did that alone, it would be sufficient. How do you summarize the Bible? What are the greatest commandments? Lawyer asked Jesus one day. Well, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love. This agape love, this being practically helpful towards others who may not like us, but we are to respond differently because of what God has done to us, for us. We weren't nice. We were enemies of God, estranged from him, indifferent to him, not thankful to him. But he continued to pour out his blessings upon us, makes his sun to shine, his rain to fall, provides for us. So be like him. That's what Jesus is saying. So the Lord Jesus says to our enemies, once we've identified them, is to do good to them. I think it's fair to say that we all fall short in this area. But this is the command of the Lord Jesus to us as we seek to follow him. So even though we fall short, even though we stumble and we mess it up, we need to get to this point of being able to do this. So if there are people in your life who are, you're estranged from or upset with and you need to be start, restart doing these sorts of things. But there is a couple of warnings I want to give. Because it's so easy to be like idealistic, isn't it? Um, let's try to be realistic. Jesus says, do these five things. Bless them. Don't curse them. Which means if they're verbally attacking you, don't respond in kind. 
speak kind words, controlled words, if necessary, confronting words, correcting words, but motivated by love and concern for the other person. If they call you names, then don't respond. If they insult your character or question your integrity, integrity, don't respond by telling them off. You'll feel like doing it, or at least I do. Respond with grace. Annoy the heck out of them by being kind to them. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Someone slaps you on the right cheek, which means it's a backhand, it's an insult. What does Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. Does he mean literally? Go on, hit that one now. There's an Irish preacher, guy became, got converted. He was actually a boxer, got converted. <clears throat> one day he's putting up a marquee for an evangelistic mission. A couple of the town thugs came around. They knew who he was, but they knew he'd become a preacher, a Christian. So they came up to him and they thumped him. Bang. So he turned the other cheek. They hit him again. Bang. To which he said, Jesus left no further instructions. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what Jesus meant. <laughs> I think what he means is when someone insults you or attacks you, don't retaliate. Turn the other cheek and, you know, walk away. You're not going to remember anything else from this message except that, are you? Bless them. They're nasty, they're rude, they're indifferent, they're cruel. Bless them. Don't about you, I've got to work on that one. Sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. Driving illustration again. Driving home the other day, merging from down Bow Desert Road, people coming off Logan Road, slowing down, oh. Queenslanders can't merge. This guy just kept it. The more he kept coming across, I left enough gap for him to come in. The more he came across, the more he slowed down. So by then, the gap is closed, and I'm now right up on close to him. And I'm going in the car going, to which he gave me the one-fingered salute, which I thought, that's polite, he's saying hello. <laughs> but my immediate reaction was, you so-and-so. I didn't bless, well, I guess I did bless him in the Australian way. <laughs> but to think well of him, and I thought, well, what did I do to provoke that? Well... I did, I got impatient, I was saying, oh, for goodness sake, hurry up. And I annoyed him. Well, it was my fault, wasn't it? I, I irritated him and he responded in kind. But he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, it's my fault. So in my mind, praying when I got home, I just apologized to the Lord and said, sorry, Lord. <clears throat> Bless them. Second thing, pray for them. Not the imprecatory psalms, you know. God strike them and dash their heads against them. Not that prayer. Don't pray that. Pray for their well-being. Pray a blessing on them. Pray for their conversion. Pray for them to be forgiven. Pray for them. They don't know Jesus. They're spiritually blind, alienated from God, just like we once were. And because they don't know God, pray for them. Pray that God will have mercy upon them. Be honest in your prayer. I'd be interested in your feedback on this one. I'm, I don't think it would be wrong to pray, Lord, remove them. I mean, that's up to you. It would be easier for me if they were gone, but maybe they're there for this purpose of growing me. And if you want to pray that, then pray it submissively, but pray it honestly to the Lord. Pray, and it's really pray for them. 
And in the process of you actually praying for them, playing a blessing upon them, God actually works in us. And we find ourselves as, I forget her name, but she wrote a book, um, Prayer Changes Things, I think was the name of the book. And her point was, Evelyn Christensen, her, name, her point was that when we are praying for God to change situations out there, God changes us in here. He opens our heart to have his perspective on what he's doing and what's going on in people's life. And so you'll find that your heart is being filled with not antagonism towards them, but more for pity or for compassion or understanding or something like that. The Bible certainly says that God's Holy Spirit has poured his love, God's love, into our hearts. I think that gets activated by us praying for people like that. It sucks the poison out of us. Bless them. Pray for them. Talk to God about them. If you can, help them. If you're in a situation, certainly be kind, be patient, don't retaliate. But sometimes to assist them. That's that personal illustration I will give you. Many, many years ago, long time ago, nine years ago, it would be nine years ago, we uh, bought a house down at Driver, and nine years ago we were moving into it. And we were moving our furniture, which was being stored in Hope House in the far room at that stage. And uh, we had various people from the church come assist, you know, brought their vans, brought their trailers, brought their utes, whatever. And lots of folk came and helped us shift stuff, which was really great. One of the people who came one time by himself was a person whom we were estranged a little bit. We'd had this major conflict, creation conflict in the church, and he was on the other side. He brought his vehicle to assist move my furniture. I have never forgotten it, and I thought, this is a very clear illustration of this point, of being kind to those that you are estranged from, doing the right thing. And that certainly helped, took time for the healing process to a couple of years later, but we were sitting down having coffee, and we get on fine now. But it was part of that. And the book of uh, Exodus chapter 23 verse 5 says, If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, don't leave it there. Be sure you help them with it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down. <laughs> Good. Yeah, God gotcha. You deserve it. Don't have that attitude help that's the third thing jesus wants us to do is to help them not to ignore it bless them pray for them help them greet them greet them in uh, matthew 5 that's what the lord jesus implies by saying verse 47 if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than any others don't even the people who don't know god do that <clears throat> greet them and the greeting back then is not just simply as it is for us, just a hello or hi or whatever. There's associated with that is being kind to them because greeting in the ancient world was more of a lengthy process. But it certainly means not to ignore them, not to snarl at them and snipe at them, you know, or if looks could kill them. And watch the tone of your voice in greeting them. Greet them. Person made in the image of God, person for whom Jesus died, person who is annoying and frustrating and whatever else, but is far from God, needs God's grace, love and kindness in their life. 
or if it's a Christian, somebody in the church is like that, well, they're a person who's got their own issues and struggles that I don't fully understand. They're not behaving rightly towards me, but I should behave rightly towards them. They likewise need the demonstration of God's grace. Bless them, pray for them, help them, greet them, and do for them. Treat them as you wish to be treated. It's active. Jesus gives this golden rule, command, in uh, Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others. The Jewish rabbis and other worlds of the religion have this command, but they have it in the negative. Don't do to other people what you don't want them to do to you. Don't do it. Don't hurt them because you don't want to be hurt. Don't do this to them because you don't want that to happen to you. It's all in the negative. So what do I have to actually do for them? Nothing. Just don't do for them what you don't want them to do to you. Jesus says, do to them what you want them to do to you. But the initiative lies here, not there. And this golden rule has no power, no impact. It's useless unless you realise it's your move. Do to them what you want them to do to you. It's active love. It's initiating, doing the right thing towards them. It's an action. It's not a feeling. It's not always easy to do. And no, it's not always successful. But that doesn't mean that we ought not to at least try. Some people, doesn't matter what you do, how you behave towards them, will simply continue to not like you. That's the reality. That's what they did to Jesus. And he was perfect. But he had people who didn't like him. He had people at the end who wanted him dead and gone and they arranged his crucifixion. But he was behaving lovingly towards them. Now notice, study the life of Jesus, how he behaved to understand his commands here. Because some people would do the wrong thing to Jesus. He wasn't beyond correcting and confronting. That doesn't mean he wasn't loving. So don't try to be motivated by these people to whom this is not successful. Don't try to get them to like you. Don't try to change them. They make their choices. Be open to reconciliation, but don't be silly about it. You can't control them or their choices. Continue to pray for them and to bless them and continue to do the right thing towards them, but embrace your own powerlessness. That's what we need to do. Here are four warnings. We're not doormats, and Jesus is not asking us to be doormats. He's asking us to be um, full followers of him, behaving strongly. If necessary, it may mean that we confront sin. When this person is doing the wrong thing, tell them. For their benefit as well, mainly. Play by the rules, basically. Play fair. If you're going to irritate other drivers in front of you by telling them to hurry up, well then take it on the chin when they retaliate. Play by the rules. Thirdly, be warned. If you don't do this, as Jesus is instructing us to do, if you harbour hatred in your heart, if you let it get to you, well, if you let it continue to get to you, it'll turn into bitterness in your soul, become like a toxic poison in you, and it'll defile you, it'll cripple you, not them. So be warned. And be sensible. If there is a person in your life who was a problem, if that you've done all of this stuff and you are 
continuing to do it? Are you going to start to do it? Are you going to pray for them? Are you going to bless them? Are you going to try to do the right thing towards them? You may not be ready to go near them. So you don't have to, if necessary. But if it's necessary for you to go to them, well, do that. But if necessary, don't provoke them. Be wise as servants, harmless as doves. Okay? The Lord Jesus, of course, is the perfect example of this. He loved his enemies, Judas. He did good to those who hated him. He blessed those who cursed him. He prayed for those who spitefully used him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When he was reviled and attacked, he didn't revile back. Left it all with God. So Jesus' instructions for us are certainly hard to do, not impossible. And the benefit that I'm sure Jesus is trying to get us to do, that ultimately Jesus is inviting us into freedom and into happiness, into deliverance from harboring grudges and annoyances and being irritated by people who don't like us. He's trying to deliver us from that. It frees us from ourself and blesses us with satisfaction and with joy. Don't return evil for evil, but overcome evil with good, the Apostle Paul says. March to the beat of a different drum. Live by his standards. Somebody thought this through very carefully. <clears throat> the lowest level of the uh, golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the lowest level. Do to them what you want them to do. You see, it could be self-serving. I want Rhonda to make me a cup of tea, so I'm going to make her a cup of tea. But really what I'm trying to do is to manipulate and motivate her that she'll make me a cup of tea next time. So I'm making a cup of tea so that she'll make me a cup of tea. See, it's the lowest level. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It could be that, just that principle of reciprocity. <clears throat> Jesus says, do good to others who do evil to you. You get it? Those who do evil to you, do good to them. Do good to others without looking for a quick reward. Do to others as God has done to you. Been merciful, it's provided for. And then finally, do to others what you want God to do to you. The scriptures teach in a couple of places, Matthew 6 and 7. It's what we do. If we forgive others, God forgives us. If we do good to others, God rewards us. We can't outgive God. Treat others like you want God to treat you. You want God's blessing in your life? Be a blessing into people's lives. And why should we do all of this? Because the Lord Jesus says at the end of the passage, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, that's always difficult to grasp, isn't it? But if you look at the context, Jesus given the command, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, then you'll be like children of your Father who is in heaven, he says. Then he goes on to say, how do people treat one another? Well, they um, love those who love them and they greet those who greet them. He says, well, that's how people behave. What I want you to do is behave like God behaves. And he says in the passage, God sends his son and rain upon all people it's indiscriminate he loves all so we're to do the same and we're to be perfect mature like he is we're to reflect him we'll be sons and daughters of the most high god not that we'll become that but we'll, because we are that we'll be demonstrating it to others 
tests like our children bear our physical appearance or some resemblance to us. My granddaughters were up here last weekend. Last weekend? And I was standing over here and I was talking to some people after church, after the 8.30 service, and Eleanor came and then Violet came. And these people just looked at the two girls and they said, they look just like you. What a blessing. <laughs> little moustaches, little receding hairlines. <laughs> you can't see it yourself, but other people can. So I don't know what they saw in their grandchildren that is a reflection of me. But, well, you, you, many of you have said it of my son, that your son is just like you. And Rhonda and I go, what? You can see something. Well, in the same way, uh, just like our heavenly, we have a heavenly father and we are his children, his sons and daughters, so there will be some reflection of him in us. Not perfectly, but some reflection. That's what Jesus is saying. Reflect him to others. Let me finish by saying this. It's like being a lifeguard. <clears throat> Imagine you're a lifeguard on the beach. <clears throat> What's your job? To protect people. Put the flags in the right place. If somebody gets into trouble, rescue them. So you're a lifeguard, you're on the beach. Because I'm a male, let's make it a female. But if you're a female, you can make it a hunky um, male. And just, you know, use me as an example if you like. You're the lifeguard, you see somebody walking along the beach and they're absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And they go out swimming and finally they get out there and they raise their hand because they're drowning. What do you do? You're the lifeguard. Well, you jump straight in. You go and save them. Why? Because they're drop-dead gorgeous. You don't hesitate, your job, but also there's other benefits. You with me, Brenton? <laughs> now imagine you're the lifeguard and the person walking along the beach is not drop-dead gorgeous, but it's one of your enemies. One of the people who don't like you. And they go out swimming. And they put their hand up. What will you do? God is sovereign. He has his way with people. <laughs> Time has come. No, your job is to drive in and save them. That's your job. You're a follower of the Lord Jesus. Your job. To love them. To bless them. To pray for them. To greet them. To do good to them care for them not to do the natural normal what we all do not to retaliate not to think bad thoughts not to stick pins in dolls but to love them and we all need help doing that and Jesus wants us to become exactly like that and he'll help us to do so we need to cooperate with what he wants to do in our lives so let's pray for that let's pray together Lord Jesus you have demonstrated your love for your enemies and having saved us and uh, transforming us now you lay the burden on our shoulders do what you've done love those who are estranged from us who don't like us work against us but you want us to bless them and to pray for them to help them to do good to them 
even to initiate all of this. Lord, we cannot do it in our own strength. You've got to be in control. So we want to submit to you and we ask that you might fill us and you might use us. And Lord, even this week, help us to think about one or maybe some of these people and help us to pray for them, bless them. And Lord, can you arrange the opportunity or the circumstances so that we have the chance to do a loving thing for them, just to demonstrate your love for them. We ask this in your name, for your honour, for your glory. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing our final song.